Brett. It's great to see you this afternoon. Great to see you, John. Yeah, I just uh, just wanted a conversation with you. I, I hear from a lot of integrators about uh, obviously cash flow has never been more important than it is this year. Um, most integrators, you know, they, they go through a great deal of effort calculating cash flow. It's often done in the spreadsheet. And as we know, spreadsheets have a lot of inherent problems with that. And the biggest challenge is reliability of, of the inputs and then having a spreadsheet sort of sit in a, in a, in one state. It doesn't, it's not a living uh, tool that can be utilized. Um, so I want to talk to you today about, about some of the best practices that you've seen as far as getting those inputs standardized and getting a tool in place that allows you to have something that you can run at any given time and really see where you're sitting from a cash uh, standpoint. John, you're right. It really starts with inputs and outputs. And at the top level, it's important that we obviously maintain our margins. Profitability helps cash flow. Now, cash receipts are our inputs and payments, checks, wires, et cetera, are our outputs. So let's start with our inputs where we need to invoice to receive cash. So step one is to really understand all the processes that lead to invoicing. A lot of you may have heard the term Bebo, bill early, bill often. We really like the idea of Bebo Ba, which is bill early, bill often, but bill accurately because accuracy reduces disputes. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, that last piece is, is really critical, uh, getting your invoices out, um, you know, systemizing that and having them automated would be a big, big difference. You know, one of the things that always surprises me is, is what I see with integrators is the lack of deposits. Um, so especially on your project management work where you've got a large uh, project going on, a deposit isn't, isn't uh, asked for in some cases um, and or the deposit is much too small to cover the, the amount of equipment that needs to be purchased early early up in the job. Uh, any, any advice that you've got as far as best practices on deposits? I think you hit on probably one of the most important factors there. A lot of integrators don't even ask for deposits. They don't realize how many they could actually get. I mean, you, you don't have to get deposits on all of your jobs. Let's say you're only getting 10% of your jobs with deposits right now. Just moving that needle to 30% is gonna have a significant improvement on your cash flow. Even if those 70% of your jobs don't get deposits, just, just that change will, will make a big difference. And don't forget about managed service agreements and the billing frequency. You, you wanna try and avoid monthly billing. Overhead is high both for you cutting the invoice and for your customer cutting checks on a monthly basis. So if you can move to quarterly or annual invoicing, that's gonna improve your cash flow, but it'll also reduce administrative costs. Make sure you're using most aggressive payment terms that you can negotiate with your customers. Make it easy for your customer to pay you. You need to understand your market and be open to receiving checks, wire payments, ACH, or potentially even credit cards, as long as you evaluate the cost of the fees involved with credit cards. On top of that, clear the path to get paid before the job starts. One of the things that really helps is at the beginning of a job, before you even start work, is have your AR person contact the AP person, your customer, and find out what format do I need for invoices? Where do I send them? Do I need to reference the PO? Do I need to reference PO line items? These are all things which are gonna help you all the way through the job and, and improving that cash flow. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great idea. I always, you know, we're always talking about uh, those critical handoffs and processes in the company. You know, that's just a natural to be included at the tail end of the sales process. Um, <clears throat> whether it's a salesperson just getting the contact information or actually documenting this, just to make it that seamless handoff when the project manager takes takes the, the job on 
is to have that, uh, that critical information. Um, so again, we've, we've now talked about the, the invoicing side of things, building the, the invoicing out the door, um, looking at all of those, those types of things. So that's great for the P&L, but as we know in project accounting, um, cash um, is, is really gonna be critical. So um, what do you recommend as far as getting cash in the door after that invoicing takes place? Well, other than, you know, billing accurately, which helps reduce uh, disputes, you know, you have to understand your AR analysis by customer. You have to know the weighted average paydays. You have to understand the risk associated with each of those customers and the projects they're working on, of course. Uh, you want to have very good collection notes as you are going through your collections process. And you want to triage that process. You're going after the right customers at the right time. But the notes help make sure that all the parties involved know what's going on. So you've got a, a cohesive front uh, as you're talking to the customers and understand what's what's happening. And then you want to be able to flag invoices uh, individually once you get some commitments from customers. So when that customer gives you a commitment, you can then use that in your forecasting going forward as opposed to the net or average payment days for that customer. Okay. Yeah, those are great ideas. Um, so that's, that's covering a lot of the AR side. It'd be nice if that's uh, all we had to deal with, but obviously, Equally as important as managing the output of cash. Um, so what do you recommend as far as best practices on the accounts payable side of the equation? Well, a great place to start, of course, is negotiating the best possible payment terms uh, with your vendors. Uh, and then also managing that cycle between when you order material, uh, when you receive it, and when you actually put it on the customer site and, and get paid for it, or ideally that you invoice in advance for that material. Um, you know, we're very fortunate in the integration business that not all businesses have the concept of a backlog where we understand the details of all the work we're going to be doing in the next months or, or year. So that allows us a much better opportunity to schedule a lot of that work. Um, and if we just simply build out our project plans just the way we want to just to manage them, that really helps create the foundation for doing that. Yeah, that's that's excellent. You know, I, I've seen a lot of integrators on the finance side get get stuck in the minutia as far as figuring out how to forecast their fixed costs. Um, there's got to be a simpler way of doing it with still maintaining a high degree of, of accuracy. What do you recommend on that side? Well, I, I think the simplest way is, is you flag the accounts, the account numbers within your GL that represent your fixed costs. And, and don't be fooled by the idea of, of direct labor, for example, being a variable cost. You know, I really look at direct labor as a variable profitability. In most cases, you have to pay those salaries, whether you can assign those people to real billable jobs or not. So if you flag all of those accounts, you can then go back three, six, 12 months or whatever, and figure out an average burden for what that fixed cost is gonna be. After you have that, then you can use that to apply in a factor to if you're growing or shrinking your business, and you can then see what that'll do to your cash flow in the future. Yeah, that is, that is one of the big levers that a, a business owner has as far as, you know, what are the changes I need to make to my fixed costs moving forward? Um, so bringing this all together makes, you know, becomes a very powerful tool that way. So what do you recommend to bring all this together so that things become systemized and the, the cash flow analysis and tool uh, becomes something that's reusable on demand? Don't make it a burden to start with. You want to be able to get this information from the processes that you're using to run your business anyways. So you want to make all this data collection part of your standard processes. 
none of the information we want to forecast should be outside of what we need to properly run our business on a day-to-day basis. So we start with our bank balance, we add our inputs, we subtract our outputs, we graph this over a period of time. Uh, part of where our outputs are our fixed costs, and so we can apply the factor to that. And then we create a graph for a visualization of what our cash position is going to be in the future. I mean, imagine having the ability to know what the future holds for your business from a cash flow perspective. And when something happens, and it, it always will, you win a new deal, you lose a deal you didn't think you were going to lose, deals get delayed, so cash flow gets delayed. But being able to immediately see the impact of that and project that forward gives you the time to react with forethought and the time to do something about it. I think that's where we all want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Any any manager or business owner um, that can have that kind of pivot as far as how variables change in the organization and see how that's going to affect things down the road, that's exactly where we need to be. Anyway, this was really helpful, Brad. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to put these practices into place with the integrators that I talked to. Thanks, John.